Well, we've got, sometimes it's not always the case uh, that the daily readings are all thematically linked. Uh, all Sunday Masses, all the readings are thematically linked. This this daily, daily Mass readings, not always, but in this case, for sure, they're thematically linked. I see a very clear um, connection between all three is the will of God. Okay, so we have... Uh, the incarnation of Christ being described in our first reading from Hebrews, and it says, uh, a body you have prepared for me. Uh, behold, I come to do your will, O God. So Christ in the incarnation, his fundamental task was doing the will of God. And then, of course, in our responsorial psalm, which we had last week as well, here I am, I come to do your will. And then, of course, Jesus' main lesson here in the gospel is that those who do the will of God, those are his relatives, his brothers and sisters and mother. So the will of God. Well, first of all, I think it's important to clarify here, maybe a little lesson on the incarnation. Okay, the incarnation is the is fancy language for, for the idea that God became one of us. He became a man. Um, one of the ancient mistake, theological mistakes that was made that had to be corrected, this is in the 4th century, was that there were some theologians teaching that when God became uh, uh, one of us, he took upon himself only a body, just a human body and not a human soul. Okay, And that's a serious mistake. When the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, reached down to the created world and took to himself humanity, he took to himself a fully human nature. Okay, And all of us here, we are not just bodies, but we are bodies and souls. Okay, So the soul consists of our intelligence and our free will. And so when God became one of us, he took to himself not just a human body, but also a human will and a human intelligence. We celebrate that with the sacred heart, okay? This idea that, that Christ is loving us with a human heart and a human set of emotions and feelings and intelligence and will, as well as the divine will and the divine intelligence, over and so on, okay? So uh, this is a really, really uh, important um, part of our faith. And uh, I think one of the many lessons we can learn is that God is not opposed to human nature, He's not in competition with human nature. He embraces all of human nature uh, to himself. He loves all of human nature because he created it. How can the creator be at odds with what he created? Okay, There's going to be a harmony there. And so often I think the mistake that we make, especially in the modern contemporary world, is that we believe doing God's will is going to somehow take away our freedom, take away our happiness, and it doesn't make any sense. It's not in our own own interest, and I'm, I'll have nothing of it. This whole doing God's will crap—that's not for me. I want to do what I want to do, okay? And that's the only way that I'm going to be happy in life. You see, and so what what they're doing is they're thinking that God's will is somehow contrary to human nature, contrary to the human heart, contrary to human intelligence and the human will, and it's not. It's not at all. Okay, so doing God's will really actually is the path to uh, being true to ourselves and who we really are at the deepest part of who we are, and that's the key. Uh, When we feel a conflict between God's will and our own will, what we're really experiencing is a conflict between God's will, that which would make us truly happy, that which would allow us to enter into the truest part of ourself, the deepest core of who we are, and uh, more superficial 
kind of immediate uh, desires and pleasures. That's the conflict, is God's will and these kind of more immediate desires and pleasures, which ultimately aren't going to make us happy, but are going to get us into trouble and really lead us down a path of sorrow. Okay, So, you know, the, the video game addiction or the sex addiction or the alcohol addiction or whatever these things are, those things are not really the path of, of happiness, and they're not really a way to... Uh, access who we truly are uh, um, as human persons. God wants that for us. He wants us to embrace what's truly good for us. So what we do is we experience a momentary discomfort by resisting some of those lower base impulses, uh, that immediate gratification thing, and uh, you know there might be a little bit of discomfort, but in the long run we'll be happier. In the long run we're going to be more fulfilled. Okay, so doing God's will um, is not contrary to our will, ultimately. Okay, it's only contrary to superficial desires and inclinations that come and go, all right, and that really are sort of ephemeral and temporary and not really uh, the pathway to true lasting peace. Um, this is the main problem with contemporary thought. It really is. Uh, we so often are... Um, afraid of God's will, thinking that it's going to rob us of our of our freedom. Now, I think sometimes, ultimately, if we really are doing God's will and we're really, really advancing on the path of holiness, um, there will come a time where we'll have to, God is actually asking us to, like, literally embrace uh, the cross. Okay, now that's not fun, of course. Um so Jesus did God's will. Where, what did it get him? It got him killed. So that's true. Okay. So following the path of God's will all, it is in the first sense and really in the last sense as well, following the path of nature, following the path of what truly makes us happy, ultimately following the path of our own will. The problem is this, though. Not everybody's doing that. <laughs> okay. That's how Jesus got crucified. He didn't voluntarily say, Hey, you know that cross? Why don't you guys, could you guys just nail me to that thing? Okay, kill me. I want you guys to kill me. That's, that's not what he was doing. He was doing God's will, and other people, because other people will, were not doing God's will, okay, they sinned against him, and they crucified him. Now, that's, that could happen to uh, some of us who are really following uh, God's will and really growing in holiness. But I love this passage from, actually, it comes from Hebrews, which is uh, the book from which our first reading is taken. In Hebrews, it says that, For the joy set before him, he embraced the cross, despising the shame. Okay, for the joy set before him, he embraced the cross, despising the shame. Despising the shame means like the whole shame of the crucifixion. He looked upon it as nothing, like that's nothing. Forget about you, okay? You know, the fact that he was this uh, exile and outcast and thought of as an outlaw and spit upon and all that kind of stuff, all that shame, he thought, he, he regarded that as nothing because of the joy set before him. What's the joy? It's the resurrection. Okay, So we know that whenever we do God's will, ultimately, even though sometimes it might lead us into a collision with people who are not doing God's will, <laughs> okay, ultimately God wins and our happiness wins out. Okay, So it's the resurrection. That's the promise of life on the other side of the cross. Whatever sacrifice God might be asking of us in our life, there's the joy set before us and we can embrace that sacrifice for the sake of that joy, because that's what God wants for us. He wants happiness. He wants joy. Um, and sometimes to get there, we might have to we might have to go through some discomfort 
and we might have to encounter people who are not doing God's will and, the, and they're going to crucify us. Uh, but ultimately, um, what God wants for us is uh, for us to be happy and he wants what's truly good for us. Uh, God, our creator, uh, who redeemed us, who calls us to a supernatural calling, is not uh, contrary to nature because he's the one uh, that made it. So if we follow his path and we do his will, all things will work together and everything will be integrated and will uh, make sense and it will ultimately be the most intelligent thing for us to do with our lives.